Hello, everyone. I'm Blake Farha. And I'm Jasmine. And this is See You in Sleep County, a podcast where we tell bedtime stories written for adults. And these stories are so very special because they're written by the one and only Jasmine and taken straight from her personal journals and are designed to be whimsical tales to help you drift off into a night of sweet slumber. Uh, See You in Sleep County is a part of the Bear Radio Network. Bear Radio is Berlin's English podcasting network. And no matter what kind of podcasts you enjoy, you're sure to find a podcast you love at bearradio.org. Blake and I really love creating this little podcast for all of our listeners, and we want to put as much love and energy into it as we possibly can. So to help us make that possible, you can support us on our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash seeyouinsleepcounty. And we have lots of rewards for our patrons, such as shoutouts in our podcasts and in our social media accounts as well as PDF downloads of all of our bedtime stories so you can pick up reading where you last dozed off. And you can become part of the Sleep County experience yourself by telling me a memory from your life, which I will turn into a personalized See You in Sleep County episode. So if you'd like to support us and help this podcast bloom into the most beautiful flower it can be, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash seeyouinsleepcounty, choosing a tier, and watching this podcast bloom right before your very eyes. Jazz... I realized that we've been, this is episode 32 now, and I believe that we've gone 32 episodes mm-hmm. of a sleepy podcast without ever talking about sleeping. More specifically, talking about our ritual surrounding sleep. Oh. And I'm curious. I know that you need a lot more. You're, you're someone who values and needs her sleep. Very much uh, so, yes. And without it, you feel, you feel, you feel it mm-hmm. when you don't get it. Uh, I'm becoming that way as I age, but uh, traditionally, like five, six hours a night is kind of what, what what's good for me. Though, thanks to the Corona pandemic, I've just Blake, been. Blake, are you developing a healthy sleeping schedule? Never. Is that what's happening? Absolutely not. I will never develop. <laughs> I, I refuse. Uh, I got to grind all the time. Uh, yes, <laughs> thanks to Corona, I've been like, well, I can't go anywhere or do anything, so I guess I'll just sleep. And uh, it's been shocking how nice it's been actually to rest. Next best thing, right? Hmm. So I wanted to ask you, uh, for the value of all of our wonderful listeners, as someone who is such a, a sleep, mm, a prophet of sleep, shall we say, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, what, what, what's your routine surrounding your sleep? How do you make sure that you're going to get the best night possible? Reading a bit before bedtime, like shutting off devices, like just stopping screen mm-hmm. time entirely, which, which is very, very helpful. Um, and that helps me wind down a bit before bedtime and do you have any other rituals around your sleep habit like like something that you like clothes that you wear or you know like a a candle that you burn or like a a journal that you write just to make sure that you're ready for sleep i do yeah sometimes i journal before bedtime i've I've taken to doing that more often recently it's been a nice little ritual to kind of um round out my day like take a what's the word i'm looking for take stock of my day, <laughs> so to speak. Mm. Um, and yeah, actually, I've taken uh, a page out of your book, as one might say, um, to use the phrase. Um, you have, for a very long time, I know, been using, uh, been writing like pride and gratitude um, 
entries at the end of every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you still mm-hmm. do that, but I, I know it's been a ritual for a long time. Don't tell anyone, but <laughs> I've uh, broken that habit. Really? Uh, as Corona started, I was like, I don't have anything to be proud or grateful <laughs> for. I'm just going to bed. That's right. You've passed the torch <laughs> on to me. I'm, I'm continuing the tradition. Yes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've started doing that. Not every day, but but a lot. Um, and it's been a really lovely addition to my to my daily routine and my self-care ritual. Yeah, it's such a powerful way to round out your day. It really, really is. And uh, I want, I've want i been meaning to get back into it and uh, get, get it going again because it makes a huge difference in your life when you allow yourself a moment every day to remind yourself of the good that you've done that day and remind yourself of the good that you've received that day. Something as small as a cup of coffee or uh, a pretty bird you saw in a tree. And it just makes you, it, it helps me go to bed with a much lighter spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Actually, I've found that it's, yeah, it's just like nice, happy, warm fuzzies (laughs) to go to bed with, Mm. which is a a lovely way to end the day. And do you fall asleep right away or are you like one of those people who tosses and turns all night? Generally, I've been very, very blessed with good sleep. uh, So usually I can fall asleep very quickly. My head hits the pillow and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in the rare occasions that I can't, I've... um, I've taken to using some breathing exercises or listening to a, an episode of Sleep County. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if not, then yeah, breathing exercises, just breathing very deeply, like feeling all my muscles relax. Much what we do in the, in the opening of mm. each episode, this little meditation, it helps a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jazz. Uh, for all of you out there listening, uh, if you're having trouble sleeping, maybe you can take a page from Jazz's book and uh, try one of those little... Uh, try one of her tricks for making sleep time a very relaxing time. And on that note, Jazz, I guess it's time we talk about tonight's story. It is indeed. Yeah, tonight's story. I loved writing this one, actually. Um, oh, yeah? You've been having trouble writing lately. I have. So this one this one broke the mold. Yeah, um, and the last one, actually. The last two episodes have sort of finally flowed out of me a bit more which has been really lovely um, mm. and I think it's because it I mean the last episode was about you and Violin this episode tonight is about uh, mm-hmm. three very special friends of mine that you know Polly Sydney and Vinsky uh, and this is about the very very first time that I met them oh how exciting yeah so it's um this memory has has stayed with me through through the years um as just I've talked about this before, but this summer was the summer of 2015 uh, in Berlin. It was just magical, like full of like lovely, beautiful hippies and picnics in the sunshine and riding my bike every day. It was just a yeah, really magical time. So writing this story transported me back into that summer, which has a very special place in my heart. I, um, I'm not sure I ever met Vinsky, but Polly and Sydney are two of... Two of my most uh, treasured acquaintances in Berlin. They're people who I just, I just really love being around them, and they have an infectious and vite, like an infectious and positive vitality that just, you know, exudes whenever they're with people. So I'm excited to see what you, what hijinks you all got up to that, that <laughs> fateful day you met. That's a very, that's such a beautiful description of them. What did you say? An infectious vitality. You should have written this story. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yes, tonight is about some very beautiful, very special people, uh, and <laughs> true, to, true to that feeling, it's called Gods in Human Form. Gods in Human Form, my goodness. Oh, Jazz, another, another right? smashing title. I mean, you know them, so... 
it, it couldn't <laughs> be more perfect because they're even very gr- like Greco, you know, sculpted, like very handsome, mm. very muscular, but in like a thin, wiry way. They're they're yeah, they're beautiful men. All right, this is going to be mm. very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing you read it. Without further ado, I'll hand it over to you, Blake. And yeah, I'm I'm happy that you get to read this story because you know them as well. It's um it adds a little touch of love, I think. So for those of you listening, thank you for giving us your time and attention. I'm Jazz Maya and I'll see you in Sleep County. Thank you very much, Jazz. As we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you've found that perfect spot, nestled among the covers, take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air falling into your belly and chest as you breathe in effortlessly. And as you breathe out, imagine the breath falling out of you again. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you, gently supporting your body. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, allow them to go slack. Let the muscles in your arms, shoulders, and chest relax. Move your attention to your belly, your lower back, and let them sink into the mattress. Release any tightness in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. And enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation, your body totally at ease. And now, for tonight's story. Gods in Human Form by Jazz Meyer At times, one encounters humans so beautiful that it becomes impossible to look away. Their every movement and detail mesmerizing enveloping the senses like a vision, like a dream. It was that way with Sidney, Polly, and Vinsky, not only because they were beautiful, but because they were fascinating. I could have watched them all day, and did that first time, 
inserting myself into their group just to get a closer look. They appeared in a manner that was surely prophesied at some point, coming over the horizon within and atop a lumbering old van. It was pure chance that I caught that first moment as I walked aimlessly by the festival gates in an exploratory daze. When I heard the rumble of the van, accompanied by the whoops and calls that emanated from its passengers, I turned to catch a glimpse of their bizarre but regal entrance. The others I didn't quite see at first, but Sidney caught my eye, standing valiantly atop his steed among a mass of long wooden poles, navigating the giant beast beneath the criss-crossed ribbons of gold that marked the festival's entrance. Shirtless and shoeless, he was clad only in loose shin-length trousers and an open vermilion vest. His enormous mane of dark, natty dreadlocks surrounded a round and smiling face that, even from afar, emanated a soothing energy. Around his neck, wrists, fingers, and ankles hung trinkets and jewels of intricate detail, and his movements somehow made the awkward act of untangling the van from the mass of ribbons seem graceful. I was awed at the first, longing to meet him, to meet them all. From the windows of the van peered other faces stretched wide with laughter and shouts, several fluffy afros among them, and when the van was finally parked, they emerged as glorious as I had hoped. Polly, his beard almost as long and wild as the mop of fuzzy curls that piled atop his head, was dressed primarily in a velvety purple cape, his gleeful childish grin basking the others in its glow. As he walked, the corners of his cape rippled open to reveal the shimmering golden lining that hid inside, causing him to appear as a prince of some lavish, extraterrestrial kingdom. Beside him, a flaxen-haired young man appeared shirtless and clad in only a pair of skin-tight blue leggings adorned with pictures of giant daisies. This was Vinsky, looking as though he might have just run away to join the circus, and he peered around with wide eyes, eagerly taking everything in. Their companions joined them, another curly-haired, bare-chested traveler on one side, the scruffy blonde driver on the other, and together they painted a marvelous picture, impossible to turn away from, impossible to ignore. 
They greeted the gatekeepers with warm embraces and gleeful smiles, and I knew then that I had to meet them somehow. The beauty of these festivals was that opportunity, to make friends where before were only strangers. But in that moment, I was too self-conscious, and I watched as they disappeared through the gates, leaving only a warm glow in my chest and a spring in my step. It wasn't until a few hours later that I found them again on my wanders. I had spent the morning exploring the grounds of the island fort upon which the festival took place, and I had already fallen in love with it. The summer sun was shining warmly upon me, filtering green through the tall forest trees that lined the banks of the moat. Though it was the midst of summer, the ground was covered in a thick layer of soft fallen leaves, still brown and shiny, though they must have been there since the previous autumn. Everywhere, birds whistled and sang, accompanying my sojourn through the winding paths that snaked their way across the island. I was accompanied by a new friend, and she and I wove through copses, climbed up hills, lounged in trees, peeked around corners, until magically we came upon them, the group of fairy tale creatures I had chanced upon earlier. In a small clearing, they gathered around the wooden poles that had previously balanced atop their van, and which were now balanced against each other. With one end on the ground and the other in the sky, the structure formed a rudimentary cone, the beginnings of a teepee. We watched for a moment as the group hovered around the base of their project occasionally adjusting a pole or two, as Vinsky wielded a long length of rope attached to the point that rose high above them. With periodic flicks of his arm, he attempted to weave the rope between the ends of the poles. From below, though, it was a difficult task. Approaching, my eyes still full with the sight of them all. I called out, Do you guys want some help? And all their eyes turned toward us. It was then that I got a real look at them, no longer relegated to clandestine glimpses from afar, nor held back by my own inhibitions. The details I had missed before came flooding in now, the sharp blue of Vinsky's eyes and the dried sliver of kiwi fruit that he donned as an earring, the apparently matching necklaces that Polly and Sidney wore, each created from a ring of copper and adorned with stones and colored twine. Sidney's ornate septum ring and the shimmering green of Polly's shirt. 
they greeted us warmly with tight embraces shared freely and happily and my offer for help was gladly accepted i was immediately enamored by them by their openness and warmth by the ease with which they assimilated us into their group my companion took her leave then content to keep exploring while vinsky passed me the rope entrusting me with the task of binding the teepee together i passed my time with them happily panting and sweating with the effort of what turned out to be a more difficult task than i had imagined soon vinsky took over again and i left them to continue their construction with promises of seeing them again soon it was a small festival and our reunion was inevitable as we saw that night at the opening ceremony around the central square of the island's fort a row of tables had been assembled laden with face paint and glitter i approached with the excited curiosity of a child painting the faces of others and having mine painted in turn when i saw the group again they too had transformed into even more decorated versions of themselves and i joined them our faces adorned in matching splashes of color our clothes fitting for a celebration both regal and ramshackle i was draped in purple my harem pants delicately embroidered with tiny flowers and vines against a burgundy background around my hips i had fastened a belly dancer's belt laden with hundreds of tiny coins which jangled festively at every step a camisole exposed my bare belly to the warm summer air and my trailing dreadlocks swayed around me flashing with mementos and trinkets i recognized with a pang of joy that i too was a creature to behold each of my details matching the beauty of my new companions we made an arresting picture as did the rest of the congregation that now set off on the ceremonial march that signaled the beginning of festherum through the winding paths we walked admiring the secret spots that had been created for this gathering atop a hill a cozy bar had been assembled further on a tree house balanced in the boughs of a loping ash deeper in the forest a massage temple was laden with pillows and draped in ribbons and colorful cloth the procession passed under the welcoming sky and cooling shade as the sun slipped away and we circled the island in the growing twilight to discover the labors of love that had created such a magical space i was awash with gratitude 
and anticipation already. And as our march culminated upon a dance floor hidden between the trees, I was bursting with joyful energy. The first beats of the bass line pounded, and a vibration rippled through the crowd. I was not the only one ready to release my excitement. I was surrounded by a crowd of beautiful hippies, headdresses and capes a not uncommon sight, enormous smiles a ubiquitous one. I let my body flow with the music, unfurling as the melody rolled over me and through me. Sidney, Polly, and Vinsky did likewise, moving uninhibitedly with joy and love and laughter emanating from their every step. We danced fluidly together, lost in the music and in each other's company, and soon Sidney and I shared a look that drew us into a world of flowing limbs and blissful smiles. To the rhythm of the music, we shifted and swayed, almost mirroring each other's movements, until, organically, our fingers met and we danced palm to palm, with a strange air of magic and mystery passing through the point where our skin touched. As we moved, our eyes remained locked, drawn with a kind of magnetism that seemed to encase us in our own little bubble. On and on we danced, ebbing and flowing, our gaze and touch constant. We were mesmerized, hypnotized, entranced in the delicate touch of fingertips energy flowing through us until the very moment that our fingers lost contact accidentally, jolting us out of that thread that had bound us. We shared a look of sudden shock before erupting into peals of mirthful laughter. The spell had been broken, and we bowed to each other, mischievous grins spread across our faces. We had been released to our separate dances once more. As the night trailed on, measured by the pulse of the music, I soaked in the energy that flowed so tangibly through the place. It was as if the crowd had gathered up all the love that they had and allowed it to disperse through the air. I was breathing it in with every breath, feeling it settle on my skin and swim around me in eddies. I was soaked in it, and from the blissful looks of those dancing around me, I got the feeling that I was not alone in that experience. The wanderings of the night led me, eventually, away from the dance floor and into the forest, landing in a cushioned clearing beneath a canopy of sleeping trees. The festival grounds were alive now, pockets of warm light interspersed with great swaths of peaceful darkness 
within which festival-goers wandered with a communal sense of awe and curiosity. In the cushioned clearing, atop a beautiful carpet, I found myself chatting with new and old friends, further entrenching myself into the magical hippie culture that Berlin was presenting to me. My head swam with endorphins as I bathed in the sense of belonging that had overcome me and would continue to envelop me in the days to come. When I finally went to bed that night, after hours of frivolity, dance, and connection, I lay down with both contentment with what I had received that day and eagerness for what lay ahead. The warm embrace of sleep carried me to swirling dreams that matched the brightness and color of that first day at Festerum. In all the years since then, I've never forgotten that first glimpse of Sidney, Polly, and Vinsky. Gods encased in human form every detail still vivid in my mind and in my heart. Some moments are too precious to forget. Some friends are too wonderful to lose. That was God's in Human Form by the one and only Jazz Meyer. I hope you enjoyed this beautiful tale of frivolity, of magical first encounters, of that incredible electricity of dance floors full of happy people dancing with abandon. That feeling of exploration that comes with a festival and all the nooks and crannies you can explore and all of the amazing people you can meet. Polly and Sydney are good friends of mine, and I can attest, as Jazz has written about, they truly do look like gods in human form, not simply because they're beautiful, and they absolutely are, but because there's just something fascinating about them. They emanate an energy of excitement, of curiosity, of openness. They're absolutely wonderfully talented people. If you're curious about what Sydney and Polly get up to, you can check out their hip-hop rap group called Nebulake on Instagram. That's N-E-B-U-L-A-K-E, Nebulake. And you'll see exactly what we mean when you see their amazing photographs. I really enjoyed this story. Now, as the winter is setting in here in Berlin, it makes my heart yearn for those beautiful festivals which are now on pause. I guess I'll have to wait until next summer. I think what I love most about these festivals is exactly what Jazz has written about. It's that ease of meeting new and fascinating people who you'd never meet in your normal daily life. Everyone at festivals is so open, so ready for interaction. It's like taking a little break and going to Never Never Land. 
where you don't have to worry about the rules of society or how we're supposed to look or behave or act or talk. You can put on a velvet purple cape. You can walk around in your blue tights with daisies. And everyone you meet you can smile at and know that they'll smile back. And if you want to say hello, you say hello. I truly, truly love that about festivals. And it's something that I always try to carry with me when I leave a festival. I always ask myself, how can I carry this with me? How can I take this wonderful feeling of connection and openness out of these festival grounds and into the world in which we live? I wonder if you can do the same. I wonder if we all can. I certainly hope so, because that's a world I would most definitely love to live in. Well, that's enough for me tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this beautiful tale. If you'd like to support See You in Sleep County and show your gratitude for the time and energy Jazz and I put into these beautiful stories, you can share this podcast with your friends, family, and loved ones and let them know just how many beautiful stories are waiting here for them. You can follow us on Instagram at at County. You can drop us a line and send us a message. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Anything you'd like to share with us at all. It would be a joy to hear from the people who are enjoying this podcast. You can also donate to our Patreon where your donations will get you wonderful benefits as well as support us in putting the time, energy, and love into this podcast that we know it deserves. I want to thank you so much again for joining us. There will be so many more stories to come, and we look forward to sharing them all with you. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight for another story. I'm Blake Farha. I want to wish you a good night. Sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County.